0: community. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Curious, a podcast where we want to create diversity in thought without creating division in community and where we want to encourage you to think for yourself. We want you to remember how to think and not just listen to what you should think. My name's Matt Fisher. I'm the creative director here at Hill City, where we record uh, this episode and every episode of the podcast. And I'm here with my co-host, my buddy, my pastor. <laughs> it just felt too robotic. That's I was true. doing the same intro every time. And sometimes, you know, you swing you swing for the fences yeah. and you miss. I'm here with John Wagler. Uh, Wags, uh. what's going up, man? Good, I'm high on
1: sugar right now. Didn't bring lunch, so I had a
0: cupcake. Oh boy, you uh. do love a... It's been said that uh, John um, has a diet not unlike Elf. <laughs> Just drinking syrup.
1: <laughs> we, truly, if if I could cut out sweets, I don't want to. So this isn't like a. Basically, what I try to do is manage it. Yeah, you know, like if I could, if I could cut out, I'd actually, be a super healthy eater. Because mm-hmm. like outside of that, I actually really do eat like pretty healthy. Yeah. Um, but I legit crave sweets every day. Um, I could do it multiple times a day. Um, I'm I'm trying to get better at like maybe just like, twice a week.
0: Do, so you're a gym guy. If yeah. you quit going to the gym, but your diet stayed the same, how quickly do you think you would you would get pudgy?
1: Oh man! Uh- <laughs> I mean, like, is the how much
0: is the gym staving off the sweet? Yeah. the sweets going to your. I don't know. I
1: will say at forty two, I would before I would have said I don't know how much because like metabolism was so mm-hmm. much faster. But at forty two years old now. I definitely feel it more. That's actually been part of the reason why I've been trying to like do way less sweets. And I've been right. getting a little bit better at it. My ultimate goal would be twice a week, like mm-hmm. once one like salt. I don't count like candy. Like mm-hmm. if I have like a, I don't know, like a Werther's, <laughs> like yeah, right. laying around. Like I don't count this sweet. Like um, I'm talking like legit like dessert, like pearls cupcakes. To, right, right, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to do like, can I do one during the week and mm. one on the weekend? That's it.
0: Mm. That's tough. I don't know. Every day I wake up and say, today's the day I'm going to cut sugar out, and it never works. um, But we are not here to talk about our health. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We are actually here this week to talk about sort of a topical issue, um, but also something that I think over the past five or six years has become um, an overarching uh, point of discussion in our society. Um, Today we want to uh, talk about what uh has recently gone on or or come to light about um Christian comedian uh John Crist and I say mm. Christ, I hate using christian as an adjective before yeah. somebody's uh somebody's profession. He's a comedian who's a christian. He's a comedian he's a christian. Um and uh he is sort of the latest uh um celebrity or public personality um who has had um some women come forward and say that He has really not um, conducted himself in a manner um, that people are very happy with. Yeah. Um, I'm trying not to be accusatory, but uh, yeah, he um, and has admitted to some unhealthy sort of um, sexual habits, and um, there have been some very specific women who have come forward and um, told their stories, and those stories are not um, very good.
1: Well, he's admitted to, I think, to being a sex addict, so. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I kind of want to get into that a little bit, um, because he has admitted to some things, but I've definitely seen, um, so anyway, for, for those that don't know the story, John Chris is a comedian. He is very popular in the Christian world. Mm-hmm. I would say um, he's like kind of the lacree of Christian stand-up <laughs> comedians, right? He has a little bit of crossover. Um, yeah. Uh, he is respected in a couple of different circles, um, but he is very much like his stuff. Is you know he te- pokes fun at Christian culture. He's got a lot of YouTube followers. Yeah. He's sort of the premier Christian stand-up comedian. And he is legit funny. Like yeah. he is. I like, would say that. Yeah, he
1: is a very talented comedic performer. Like he-
0: right, and I think that's why I compare him to LaCrae because a lot of the times we tend to grade quote unquote Christian stuff on a curve. Like, oh, this is good for a Christian, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but he's one of those guys that's like, he's just funny. He, yeah. He's funny across the, yeah, know, across the board Yeah, in the same way Lecrae is a good rapper, regardless of what he's rapping right. about. Um, so yeah, uh, and he, as a result of these, uh, these stories coming out, um, and I don't say, I don't want to say allegations cause he's kind of corroborated that like, yeah, this stuff has happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, these stories coming out as a result, he's canceled his tour uh a, a, a most recent tour. Netflix has actually canceled his um comedy special on Netflix and um he has said that um in so many words he's going to sort of step back from work and focus on getting well. Mm-hmm. Now um I gotta say when I heard about this somebody texted to like a group text we're part of like the article or whatever. I didn't even read the article. I was just like, okay, yeah, this happens a lot. My first response to this stuff, especially like when it happened with Aziz Ansari and Louis C.K. and some of these other guys is like, I've been around stand-up comedians in my life. Um, I thought that I was gonna take a run at being a stand-up person myself and, mm-hmm. and did it for like a year. So I've I've hung out with like career, you know, amateur, but career stand-up comedians. And like they, what makes somebody funny is that they're super broken. Right. <laughs> like just they are, anyone in any showbiz, will tell you the most broken person the most like you know yeah the heart some of the hardest people to be around are comedians people that are funny more so the musicians or movie or like film actors or theater people comedians are are so funny because they are personally very troubled right a lot of the time most yeah. of the time um and so when i saw the the article header i was like yeah duh he's a comedian i don't care if he curses on stage or not like He's and not as an excuse like oh of course he'll act that way but like I'm not surprised right that it's him Um, and but I also I think my initial assumption was like well he's probably being graded more harshly than a norm you know secular entertainer so you know uh, I think I assumed and I think some people told me like oh well what he what he did wasn't like as bad as some of these other guys but like he's graded more strictly because of Christian culture then I read the article. What he did was assault. Like he assaulted at least one woman's story was was assault. Like, sure, by any, by yeah. Any
1: if, that, if that's all true, yeah. I mean, it totally might be. I'm just I'm saying, like, if all the facts come out that like that is right. what happened, um, yes, yeah, he definitely did. Assault.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think that. Um, so after reading it and then reading his apology, I will say that I was kind of like I've seen apologies done right. And I've seen them done wrong. I don't know that he did it dead wrong. But like I was not that happy with. Or I, I was not satisfied with like his response. Yeah. Um. As far as he sort of like opened his letter with like I'm not guilty of all of like sort of defending himself. And I feel like in this scenario really what's called for if you want to like return from this is humbleness is like an outright non-defense of yourself and sort of the best defense is no defense in in this kind of stuff. Um, Unless of course it's a situation in which you are completely innocent of, but we just don't, I don't know. That even makes me cringe a little bit. Like we've talked about in the office before this idea of whether it's a sports star or a comedian or a celebrity of any kind being totally innocent of a thing seems like what, You know what woman would want to drag themselves through that shame just to like accuse somebody, unless there's tons of money involved and stuff. And this is one of those situations where nobody's asking, nobody's even pressing charges. The women just want people to know. And then the news, the the news outlet that covered it just was like, well, if you're going to book this guy at your church, you deserve to know this stuff. So it wasn't nobody's bringing charges against him or asking him for money. It was just like, this is what's happening.
1: Yeah, I would say that this feels a little different than some of the other scenarios that we've seen in terms of even with some athletes or musicians and stuff like that, because uh, the money piece isn't, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like you don't hear about the money piece, the book deal, the whatever you're not hearing about some of those things. And um, I remember talking to um, someone who was a a pro football player and, and he did, he, he talked about how uh, they had to like put some, well, he did this personally, like putting some massive boundaries in place because he did keep seeing some of his friends not do anything Mm -hmm. and then, some women trying to extort money on them because they knew they could get 10 grand here or 50 grand here or whatever, which was like muddying the waters of all the women that were really getting hurt, Mm -hmm. which is still overwhelmingly the truth. You know what I mean? But, Mm -hmm. um, he would, so those things do happen, but it's not the norm, obviously. Um, but this does feel a little different with this. I feel like it's a different scenario than some of those because it's not about money. It's, and he is like, to your point, he's already corroborated some of the, Things that have been said about him. I agree with the apology It, uh, whoever, maybe he wrote it himself. I don't know. I mean, they've got publicists. So Mm -hmm. like, I assume he, I don't know. I don't want to put, I don't know. I don't know. Whoever wrote it, um, didn't do the best job. And didn't handle it the right way in terms of how you start it and and everything else to it. It not to this level. Like the worst public apology ever was Bill Clinton's, right? Like right. that's like horrific in all ways. And um, it wasn't like to that level, you know, horrific, <laughs> you know. But um, but it was. It, it wasn't good. Like he, I mean, he admitted to certain things. But I agree. Like I just didn't like some of the other things he tried to throw in there. Um, but then I, you know, but then I think about that. I'm just like, I don't know, maybe some of this, like maybe he's overwhelmed in the moment trying to like get something out there. Mm-hmm. And he is realizing I've done a lot of things, but there are also a lot of things being told about me that are blatantly not true. Mm-hmm. And I don't want, I, I don't know. Like I, it's a tough, it, whenever these things happen, unless it's like an extreme thing, mm-hmm. like an Epstein or, right. you know, something like that. Right. Sometimes I do feel for, for, both sides a little bit like not not uh hey let's give john chris all the grace in the world because like everyone screws up and mm-hmm. and like then you leave the women that, like that's not right, right obviously um and then there's a part where i'm kind of like man being so much in the public eye that some of these people do and then seeing like maybe what if five of the allegations are true for someone but then there's 150 that aren't right which is those things people do pile on sometimes mm-hmm. so like sometimes i i sit back i'm like man again i don't have um he put himself in all those scenarios mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. so like i'm i'm not remotely defending it like he he put himself in all those scenarios he did a lot of things like there uh i heard stuff a long time ago about him like I guess it's been about three years ago now. I remember hearing some stuff about some things that were happening Mm -hmm. on Snapchat and everything else and some things that I was just told from, I had a connection to somebody. And um, obviously that not, I believe those two be true then. And this even kind of takes it five steps further than what I had heard back then. Uh, However, like there's, there's also the part that's like, I just, I, the one part I do hate about these scenarios though, is like when people do pile on, like there are the legitimate, which I believe that the stuff that's come out like is legit. So there's those things. And I just hate the people that pile on afterwards, mm-hmm. you know, that are like, you know what? I think he did that one time, like he like brushed it up against me mm-hmm. and I think, you know, or something like that. Like that's the part I'm like, oh that part just sucks. I realize it's a part of any story that happens like this, but
0: yeah. I mean, I think disaster tourism happens no matter what, yes, like and, it's yeah. whole traffic jams happen <laughs> yeah. every day because yes. some, everybody slows down to, to look at the thing. I think that I, you know, as somebody who was formerly a touring musician and certainly somebody who was not in my single life or even in the first couple of years of my married life living to a standard that I now set myself at, sexually and, and relationally with women, um, I think that I always think about, like, what would I do? And my big criticism and, like, my the place where I don't have empathy for the pylon is, like, if you come forward and just say, like, look, you guys have heard this about me and it's true and there's some stuff that's not true, but you have every right to believe that stuff because I haven't proven myself Worthy, you know, like it's, it's sort of the it's the the sins of the father kind of thing. It's this idea that um, sometimes it's the seemingly white lie that then makes it so that people don't believe you when it counts. It's the cry wolf thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always kind of wondered, like, like we talked about here in Virginia, we had the the scandal of um, you know one of our major governmental leaders having you know being outed for doing blackface at a party yeah and my response to that is always like why would you not like when you feel the tides of culture shifting especially so me too has happened or you know racial reconciliation and justice is now back in a big way on the table why not get ahead of it like the just get out there and be like hey everyone should know that this happened, and I'm ashamed of it. Um, and, you know, I, I know it's going to come out one day, whether here or on the big day, when Jesus comes back. So, like, sure. what, you know, after after I had a daughter and and Me Too happened, and I put a lot of thought into, okay, I've reformed my ways, obviously having been married for, like, 10 years at that point. I've reformed my ways, but, like, what have I done to reconcile And I went through this whole thing of, like, should I reach out to some of the women and, like, apologize? But then that's, like, that could be causing them to re-experience trauma that they're over. And that's really more about me feeling good than them feeling good and all this stuff. And what I landed on was, like, I just kind of made a blanket statement on social media for whoever cared. It's not like anybody. I'm not a celebrity of any kind. Like, But I just kind of made a blanket statement on social media of, like, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this and the way that I've treated women since all these women have been coming forward. And here are the things that I did wrong. And if anybody doesn't want to be my friend anymore, I 100% agree. And if anybody is reading this and thinking, like, yeah, he's right or would want to come forward with a, a story, like, I received that. Like, I'm, I get it and I, and I deserve whatever I get, you know? And these are, you know, I, I mean, n- nothing assaultive just me being a band touring band guy and not being very respectful, but, yeah. you know, not, not having good. So I don't know, I guess I lack a little bit of empathy. Cause when I put myself into that position, I'm always like, first off, yeah, for years, some people have been hearing rumors. Mm-hmm. And then also it's like when it's your turn to get up to the, to the tribunal and you've really done something wrong. Like if the more you throw yourself at the mercy of the court of public opinion, I think you'd be surprised that people will be able to forgive you because you're being genuine and authentic. Um, and I think that the people who get, quote-unquote, canceled or, like, just cannot come back from it are the people that either try to fight it and deny it, um, like your Bill Cosby's and like stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. Um, or they're the people that give these, like, half... Uh, half, <laughs> You know what? Might as well just said it. Family-friendly <laughs> show. Um, you know, these... Uh, these apologies that are sort of like, I am super sorry, but also like understand that this, it's like, do the sorry first, in my opinion, do the sorry first. And then once you've earned people's like respect back, but through your humbleness, then do the, but also please understand this.
1: Yeah. But I think that sometimes, well, this kind of goes along with your point, but I, sometimes when we hear these apologies that happen, it's, the reason why they don't come out the right way is because they're not serious yet about their apology, hmm. you know. And so sometimes when people are like, "Well, he should have said this," and a lot of times I'm like, "Well, maybe he just didn't think that," mm-hmm. you know. Maybe, um, maybe that person in this case with with John's, I I don't know if his apology because there was a lot. Like, if you had eliminated that first part about there's some, you know, yeah. the other chunk of the apology is. It seems genuine and he, Mm -hmm. or it seems the wording seems like it's coming from a place of wanting to get healed, admitting that he's got, that he's incredibly broken Mm -hmm. and, and he does actually have like a really strong family Mm -hmm. and Christian background and all those things. So I do think there has to be some of that there that's kind of bringing him back. That is serious. But I agree that the first part was just kind of like, bah. Yeah. It's like, don't,
0: don't, if you want people to really accept your apology, don't, be concerned with your partial innocence yeah you know don't even include that there'll be time for that yeah but you you know you kind of got to give that time time you know you got (laughs) to sure (laughs) um uh it's and it's also worth saying that um to be super concerned with like the wolf feeling bad about being a wolf and not as concerned with all of the dead sheep sure, <laughs> that, absolutely. They, that he's left in his wake. There's something to be said, you know, for that too. So I think, uh, you know, everyone sort of either rushing to condemn him or rushing to exonerate him need to create, need to rush to create space for um, the, all, A, all the people he works for, which is another thing with celebrities, like, and somebody quits like that and cancels a tour, people lose their jobs. Yeah, like there a, are guys that were going to do deal. his stage setup and they're, you know, um, and then of course the women who are now dealing with this new reality of like being one of the 10 women that came out against John Chris, like um, we need to try to work to create space for those people as much as we work to like determine guilt or innocence.
1: I think no matter what, when something like this comes up, uh, in particular within the Christian circle, it's the The first thing that we should feel as Christians is just this just kind of yuck feeling, right. <laughs> like you know, um it should have like this feeling of lament almost of man it it what has happened to some of these women is just it's gross, it's um unhealthy, it is all the things wrong with the the culture around sex mm. like in general mm-hmm. and it, it also shows how much it pervades christian circles as well because you you aren't like he was doing this all within the context of ch- basically church circles yeah i mean truly yeah. like that's his market that's who's like all of us i want to say all of his followers but most of his followers overwhelmingly mm-hmm. are christians and you know so there's some of this stuff is also uh it should be eye opening to us how broken our our culture is even around this idea of sex like hypothetically <laughs> hypothetically he should have had a team of people around him aware of, of these things that should be his christian brothers and sisters being like dude that's not okay or i'm hearing this or like this isn't new news mm-hmm. like if if we've heard it like a few years ago you can't tell me his closest people mm. around him and the social media managers you know like uh, like that are that should be like people that are trying to help um, steer him in the right direction, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, as followers of Jesus, assuming they are, I, my understanding is a lot of his folks around him are, you know, Christians. And so where were they in a lot of this? Yeah. And, and that's like one of the things that I think about And a lot of, you know, it's easy to do this with, with, um, celebrities, mm-hmm. but it's like, man, how often with our own close friends that aren't celebrities, right? None of us are. <laughs> and, but, like, how often do you hear people like trying to, like, hey, that, you, you need to stop that. <laughs> or Like, that's not healthy. Or that, it's like missing, it's like really missing in our Christian culture of this idea of iron sharpening iron. We love to do, like quote that verse out of Proverbs, but we sure as heck don't like to do it. You know, um, we like to quote the passages about like loving one another, but we sure don't like to do it. Because like loving one another would say mm-hmm. in that scenario, he should have... Again, brothers and sisters of of Christ, like around him, being like, John, that's not like you talking to that woman, that's not okay. Like a long time ago before it got to this point. Now, someone might say, Nobody knew.
0: Well, that's just not true.
1: I'm just like, It's, it's not that nobody knew. No, you, you know, that
0: never happened. You know what? It's, that never happens. I, it's somebody, very hard for me to believe. Nobody the, knew. The closest thing to nobody knew, as far as from a public perspective, is Bill Cosby. We were all like, What? Publicly, said, yeah. Publicly. Yeah, yeah. But this is what I mean by there's no such thing as nobody knew. Yeah. Because as soon as we all as soon as it all came out, there's all the stories of like, Yeah, you know, we all kind of turned a blind everybody's turning a blind eye.
1: Yeah, it's like here locally we had um uh, a few years ago at church I like, had a really big blow up of what happened, right. you know. And um I got to meet some of the people that were like on staff there and everything yeah. and uh, I remember I because I, I didn't know anything about anything like with that, I was just wasn't connected with them at all. And, and I remember talking to one of the guys, and, and I said, Man, was it just out of the blue? And he started telling me stories, and he, he was like, Out of the blue? No, 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 no. Like, right. and he was a part of it too. So, like, there were, he goes, There were like these, he goes, There were six of us that knew everything, there were 20 that knew more than this, yeah. there were, you know. And so,
0: I agree, it's yeah, people. No, people are not animals, yes. right? Like this is not a scenario where somebody owns a pet for fifteen years and then the pet bites them one day. Like that, people have behavior patterns, yeah. so it's never really out of the blue. Yeah. And and I think the other thing too is like so the story of John Christ is that, um, you know, uh, a male friend of one of the women. Um, was the one who went to Twitter and was like, I don't know why everybody's so into this guy. Like, here's what I heard. And I think that, and then, you know, other women started coming forward. And I think it's interesting because we definitely have this sort of binary idea of call out culture, especially in places like Twitter and stuff where it's like, it's a witch hunt and everybody wants attention and all this other stuff. And does that stuff happen? Yes. But like, if that, that guy had not gone on Twitter and just been like, Hey, I don't know why nobody's talking about this. Here's what I heard. Yeah. Then we would still be booking this person sure. at our churches and possibly having women at our churches, you know He was
1: just in Richmond. Yeah. Like six months ago, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's
0: like I just I don't know. I guess part of what I want to take away from this for our listeners is yes, be weary of the aspects of call out culture that um that cause like sort of pharisaical like um Judgment and like witch huntery, but also be aware that like uh, a broken call out culture maybe is better than a culture of silence. Like, if you have to choose between the two evils,
1: (laughs) yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I think I agree with you on that. Like, silence is certainly a worse option you know, because of the amount of people that get hurt through silence. And we've lived that already, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff keeps coming out from a generations of silence, you know. And so, yes, I think the silence part is way worse than maybe the over-aggressive mm-hmm. uh, one. I just get part of the call it culture. So there is an element that I, I do like about it, you know, and I think is valid. Uh, I just don't think right now it, – it's, it's almost like um, – you know, we had the conversation one time about
0: technology,
1: how there's no ethics committee, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's
0: just, if you can do it, then yes. Do it. And yeah. it
1: feels that way with the call out culture. Hmm. Like there's, there's no, um, there's almost like no morality to it. <laughs> like there, there's no, there's no kind of ethical nature to try to like process the call out culture a little bit. Like I am, I will be the first person to back someone on a call culture that, needs to be called out. Like if, mm-hmm. if some of the stuff is abusive, even the stuff, John Chris, like I would, absolutely, I'm with that. You know, there's, and I'm with that happening publicly and it should, like there are public there are public personas and it should happen that way. Um, so I'm all for like that part of it. I just don't, it seems like there's no ethics behind how much people do this and the way, and sometimes the vitriol that's behind uh, some of it. And honestly, sometimes like the faux to- tolerance Hmm. that that people have around it sometimes, and so I just get I, sometimes you know people are just like calling everything out, and sometimes I'm like that not with sexual stuff, just like in general yeah. some some different things, and sometimes I'm like, well, that's just life,
0: hmm.
1: <laughs> you know sometimes someone disagrees with you, and they said a really asinine thing, and yep, it was hurtful, but I don't know that they should be fired for it, hmm. you know, or I don't know that. Um, uh, and some stuff like there's and not in this case. Um, but there have been scenarios where people get called out for certain things. I'm kind of like, yeah, but you know what? Both people put themselves in the scenario hmm. and, and and so I'm just, I'm for it, but I wish people would maybe breathe a little, like I, in this scenario, like I wish people had been aggressive in the beginning, right? <laughs> you know, but there are like a lot of times where I'm kind of like, Maybe we need to breathe a little bit here for a second. You you brought up the northern thing about blackface and I thought that was terrible. Still think it's terrible, right? And but there's a piece of the the conversation that again, he should have said something earlier and all those other things. I'm just it there's a piece of this conversation sometimes I'm like, well, sometimes people have done stuff 35 years ago. That they're a totally different person now, and to your point, they should apologize and they should be honest about that. They should be vulnerable and transparent and all those things. And I'm with you on that part. Um, there are things in my past now. I have the luxury enough to share those from the stage a lot of times, right. um, but um, there are things that you know I am embarrassed about and and everything too. Um, but. Man, it would really suck <laughs> to some degree if now I granted I never assaulted anybody or anything to that level. So that's mm-hmm. I, I'm some of these things are on different like I, I guess maybe that's what it is. Sometimes I feel like some of the things aren't on par with some of the other things. Okay. You know, you know, like some of the things like um like this situation with John Chris, I I think I would rank that high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, on on the list of call out, and then sometimes when people are like, Well, do you remember in 1981 when he said this? Like, this happens all the time, mm-hmm. like, when he said this, like, how could you ever? I'm like, I mean, that was 38 years ago. I'm assuming like he doesn't feel that way or she doesn't feel that way anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, or like maybe that should be a question presented to them, <laughs> you right. know. I so some stuff I'm like, I'm not so sure the the weight of things is the same. And that's part of the ethical, That yeah. that's all I ever talk, that's all I mean. I feel like everyone wants to just run down this and sprint down this, like, to hell with them. They should be fired. They mm-hmm. should be this. They should be crucified. They should be whatever. And sometimes, not all the time, sometimes I'm I'm just like, hey, can we breathe for just a second? We don't even have all the facts. Mm-hmm. Or can we breathe for just a second and let them respond? Mm-hmm. You know, can, can we just pause for a second rather than just raking someone through the coals that maybe... There's another perspective here to like take in,
0: yeah, and I just I would think a lot about that because you you and I have had this these conversations before, like I just don't know, I think this is one of those things where um, what we would like versus what the reality of how group psychology works. Is just like have have large groups of people ever behaved in a nuanced manner? <laughs> well, no, and I agree with you. But you know, like, it, like you were preaching on Corinthians on Sunday, that's a perfect example. Yeah. Like, how long did it take? How long did it take for the gospel to to get big enough that there was a church that was just like having temple prostitutes and then also <laughs> teaching yeah. about Jesus? It's like yeah, large but- groups of people just don't. Big groups of sheep don't make pinpoint hair yeah. turns. You know? No,
1: I think you're spot on there. I my point is is, is too often we just this is the point of like thinking right <laughs> like too often we i understand group psychology and it's and it's not i i understand the realities of those things right. i just i get frustrated this is a personal frustration with the ethics of certain things is is i just don't hear enough of people trying to think their way through it and right. and sometimes they're right you know and like And sometimes I'm just like, man, maybe you need to hit pause. Like even like in our sexuality, like the episodes, I talked to some folks who they said something, you know, to me about one person or another, you know, on the episodes. And I'm I'm just like, you're not even like really thinking about how that plays out. You know, like you're just kind of going along with like a certain track of things or you're just going along because you just feel this way or, you know, whatever. I'm like, just think about that for a second and it doesn't mean that you're going to necessarily change your opinion or whatever that you're even wrong. It's just, can we just pause for a second and like maybe take a little bit more holistic view to certain scenarios during this call out culture that again, I like a lot of it. It's just sometimes I'm, I feel that there is there or I see that there is like a lack of kind of ethics to it. Mm.
0: Yeah. And I wonder that kind of brings up a thought, of maybe this is, because even in the article, and I can't, I'm sorry, I can't remember the blog that like put this whole thing out. Um, It's a Christian blog. But um, even in the article, um, part of the article is like, here's why we're doing this, which I actually thought the article was really good. It went really into like, our editorial staff really struggled with this, because this is not the kind of, we are not a, we are not the TMZ, you know, of like Christian culture. I think Um, think
1: Christianity Today, you might be, Christianity Today put one out.
0: Oh, did they? Yeah. I I think the, so the initial one was from Charisma News, which was not a, not a site I'd ever, I'd ever gone to. And I don't know much about the site, so this isn't an endorsement, but like, I know the article that I read was very thoughtful, was Mm -hmm. like very, not only thoughtful about the situation, but also like, which journalism doesn't do this very often, very, like, introspective into the organization that was just, like, we at Charisma News, like, struggled a lot with what to do with this information, and and one of the things they said was, like, we feel like this is in service of Christian culture policing itself, and A, I really like that idea, because I've often joked that, like, why can't we just, like, excommunicate Jerry Falwell Jr. <laughs> like, can we, can we just all do that? Like, I don't know, why can't, like these, or like the Westboro Baptist Church, can't we somehow just like make it illegal for them to say they're Christians? Like, can't we all get together? and? Um, but this idea of self-policing, I do wonder if um, when you talk about the ethics of of call-out culture, which is different than a call-out, right? We're talking about yeah. large groups of people doing a thing. Yeah. I wonder if this is a good opportunity for the church or Christian culture to show everyone how to do it right because i haven't seen i mean he's canceled his tour whatever whatever i mean i haven't heard any stories of his like you know bricks through his windows or anything um and i haven't seen i haven't personally seen anybody calling for his blood in a literal way um so i wonder i wonder if this is a good chance an opportunity for us as christians to show the secular realm. Um, how to do this a little just a little differently yeah because the reality of it is is the things that he did um we cannot tell ourselves would not get canceled in secular culture like if it came out that trevor if this came out about trevor noah or stephen colbert or or whatever um secular culture would react yeah In a, a, and that like, that's another thing that's almost a whole nother podcast about like, it's interesting that some of this, there's a morality to this that like, you and I have talked about with sexuality, especially that secular culture, separate of the church has adopted, has been like, no, you have like the Aziz Ansari thing. Yeah. He didn't, there were never charges pressed and nobody ever called for that. It was kind of just decided like, yeah, you're in trouble because you're just not, acting right. I right. mean, you're just like yeah. not treating women with the respect that they deserve. Not, yeah. it doesn't have anything to do with legality. Um,
1: which exposes, uh, you're right. This is a whole other conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Cause of what that exposes in the secular view of sexuality.
0: Right. And yeah. And like it, some of the, the yeah. hypocrisies in that. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Um, but I do think that I wonder since call out culture, which we've decided is, has problems, but can also have good things about yeah. it exists. It's one of those very rare things that does, that exists in both worlds not that our worlds are separate but like it exists in secular culture outside of the church it is a moral reaction that that exists um i wonder if there's like a chance for us to kind of show how this can be done differently or how it can be done in a way that um does not lead to a sort of witch hunty which I realize that like our president tweets witch hunt a lot. So I don't even like that word anymore. Yeah. Usually the person who calls like, this is a witch hunt is, uh, witches didn't use witch- to say that. They used to be like, Hey, I'm not doing anything. Could you not kill me? <laughs> um, but, but like that witch hunt in, in, in the, um, in the sense of, exactly what the Salem witch trials were, like innocent people getting killed because people were paranoid.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I I would like to see, you know, in scenarios like this, when you talk about the difference that a Christian culture could make, I've always felt, um, I always think about when uh, uh, the shootings happened in the Amish community. Mm. And I always thought to myself, and still to this day, how they responded, uh, overwhelmed, um, there were there there would have been consequences for actions, but how they responded, in in a way like was was overwhelming to secular culture. Yeah, like they couldn't fathom the fact that the Amish people uh, not only went to the funeral of the shooter, like the the parents of the kids that were killed went to the funeral of the shooter, and I believe I, I need to I will need to fact check this or you can do it, but I believe they also paid for his funeral.
0: It's something like that. It's something, it was some and... And I would extend that to not just secular culture, all non-Amish culture. I feel yeah. like Christians were like, Whoa. Oh, I absolutely. <laughs> no, no, absolutely.
1: My, but my point is, is like, I think that there are opportunities for Christian culture to overwhelm secular culture, and we just don't ever, and we rarely do it. But like, there's, like, this would be an opportunity that the aggression towards consequences should be there, mm-hmm. you know, to protect women and to show... Um, how serious we are as Christians about that and there should be no silence and there should be no excuses and there and people should be held accountable and reap the consequences like Mm. severely, honestly. And then there should be on the other side of like an understanding of forgiveness and grace. And, and in a way, not to like prop John back up, but to also um, part of how we view things is people can be redeemed and people can change and God can do a miraculous work in people. And so it's this interesting balance with like kind of how we feel and Christian as a Christian compared to like a secular culture. Mm. And that's part of, I think with the process, I think Christian, you know, this, this feeds into, um, I think it feeds into our discussion around sexuality. Mm. You know, uh, we said this several times, how lightly people, uh, like the lack of sexual ethic and integrity. It's not just a lack of sexual ethic and integrity in secular world. It's a lack of that in the Christian world. Mm. And, um and it's overwhelmingly so. And I think this again points to the fact that this whole sex stuff, it's like, it's, it's nothing to play with. Mm. It, it's not flippant. It's not, um it's not that big of a deal. Mm. It's not, it's just flirting. It's not just, you know, like, all this stuff continues to reveal how serious it is. Like women keep getting hurt. Mm -hmm. They keep getting abused. They keep getting assaulted. They keep getting raped. They keep like, it keeps happening. And until I believe it should start with Christians Mm -hmm. until Christians start taking sexuality seriously. And, um, talking about it in a very serious way, not condemning, not judgmental, not like saying like, it's so bad. It's so evil. It's so like all that stuff, but in a way to teach about it in a holistic way and understanding the beauty and the complexity and the nuance of it, all those things until we start doing that, like all this stuff's going to keep rearing its ugly head throughout. Um, now it's been forever, right? Like this right. has been oh, the yeah. case this forever. It's just new no longer we're silent about it. Right. You know, so now all of it's being exposed, and so now I think more than ever, Christian parents should be talking to their kids holistically about sexuality and uh, what it's what it's designed for and the purpose of it. Like all those things um, that we as teachers, like we should be talking about within our churches like in a more holistic way. We've done a terrible job of that throughout you know, church history.
0: And yeah, and I think that that starts. I was having this discussion with some folks over the weekend. That starts way before your kids know what sex is. Way before, like we, that. That starts with uh, consent. That starts with learning, especially for boys. I think learning that it's okay to not get what you want, and that starts yeah. at four. That starts at three. You know, that starts at like yeah, learning self control. Like there's self control. Yeah,
1: I, I just taught our last class on sex and intimacy with our premarital folks, and I just said this: the the only reason anyone ever has sex outside of marriage is because they want to. Right. Uh, relationally, I'm talking about like within context of rela- relationship. And, and I said, so one of the reasons why it's like, it's so, um, it's so good to wait, you know, until you're married is because that is a practice of self-control and selflessness mm-hmm. as like the, the opposite of just sleeping together before you're married is like, we want to do what we want to do, which is selfish. And and we lack control. We lack self-control to stop. Like, mm-hmm. And neither one of those things are great for your, your love or your marriage. Right. So. So there's an element around this, like how serious like even the topic of sexuality is and the, the reality of teaching our kids at a young age of how self-control plays into that and how consent, absolutely, understanding body parts, understanding, um, like putting sex in the right place, in the right framework of what it should be like in a person's life, you know, rather than idolizing it, which both secular and Christian cultures do. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of things around this topic that feed into it, that culture is driving the conversation right mm-hmm. now in a large way, but there is an opportunity for Christianity to step forward. I also say this in this conversation, and it's something that I, I don't know. Maybe it's how I'm wired and maybe you're different than me on this, but like, I just don't understand why celebrities are a big deal. Yeah I, I and you and I just don't and I don't know if it's because maybe when I was younger I got to be around some some hall of fame athletes because of my best friend's dad and mm-hmm. um and so maybe some things around that like wired me <laughs> differently but I think we need to get past like also like the um I think John Chris got a lot got away with a lot because he's talented and he's a celebrity mm-hmm. and so again for for Christians like it I think it is a thing like I think we just need to be like careful with all yeah. like we the way we elevate like I'm all for honoring pastors clearly mm-hmm. <laughs> like I think that there's um and there's biblical precedents for like honoring people in mm-hmm. in in, in, a, in certain positions for a certain way and everything but man we can take that way too far
0: well yeah it's just it's I mean, there's a reason that they're called teen idols yes. or American Absolutely. idols or whatever. You know, I think as Christians, we're probably called on every level to reduce the power of celebrity because all a celebrity is, is a stand in for a king. Absolutely. Like if you look yeah. at the overall, I thought about this a lot coming from, so I, I, I that's fascinating your context of like having been around celebrity, you know, what you would consider to yeah. be celebrities helped you to humanize them for me. You know, the the old punk rock saying is like, you kill the rock star. Like the person who tells you you can't come backstage, it, you just do not buy their album anymore. Don't book their band. Like the person who has a green room or who puts up a barrier between the stage and the crowd. Or even like growing up, I didn't see a band play on a stage until I was like 18 years old. Hmm. They would play in front of the stage, like all the punk bands. Right because it was there's no difference between you and me. Yeah. So I'm very uh, keen to the anti-celebrity thing, but I think from a Christian context, yeah, like we're called to to topple idols wherever they are. And um we live in a democracy uh ish. Uh, and uh, we don't have a king anymore and so we prop up these little kings everywhere. It's it's the story of the of the Israelites, right? Yeah, I mean it's in
1: uh, yeah, in so many different places. Yeah. Yeah.
0: God was just like, No, God's enough I'm enough. Here's a here's literally a column of fire. (laughs) Yeah. And they were like, eh, we kinda like a king. It would be cool. Yeah. So I think that's just it's a human it's it's as human as Fight or flight, or or hunger, or anything. Yeah. It's just we need we have this innate, fleshly need to elevate other people to tell us what to do, to tell us how to be,
1: and it proves your point of the groupthink and group psychology and everything. Which is, I th- this is like um it's part of why we do this podcast, but th- this is part of the deal. It's like we have to understand groupthink and bias and all of those things that happen out of group thinking and group psychology, but we've got to do our best to fight against it. Mm. Like they're, and that comes with trying to, to be well rounded in thinking and taking in conversations and understanding different points of view and all of that stuff. And it's, and I think that's where like so much of the frustration lies in some of these conversations, you know, whether we're talking about politics or government or, or like government economic systems or, um, or what's going to happen with our taxes? Or what's going to happen? You know, is Trump good, bad, evil, whatever, um, to anything religiously, you know, like um, to this call out culture, to the topic around sexuality, all these things. Like it's the frustration part about groupthink is we know it's a reality. And we all, you and I both, fall into that in some capacity as well. And we are not perfect at this but at, by any stretch. But I do think it's imperative that we fight it. Yeah, like to 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 the level that you can.
0: Right. Yeah. I I don't I don't have a pushback on that, but I have like an addition. Yes. Also, it's important to understand it and to realize that you can fight it, but you'll never get rid of it. Because I think, like you're talking about, you're a pretty even keel person, and you're talking about how you get frustrated. So you can imagine somebody who's less concerned with the middle being straight up enraged at these kinds of conversations and i think that a big part of that is not understanding group psychology leaves you to apply your personal psychology to large groups of people and that can lead to unbelievable frustration and rage like which then adds to this shouting culture right if you it's that thing of like well i i have a black friend and they xyz why can't black people it's like yep two different things. Yes, <laughs> you talk about two sure. different things. Yeah, yeah. So I think that like absolutely as Christians especially we should be fighting against any and all mob, mob mentality but also understanding it. Like you should um one of the wisest things anybody ever told me when I was a kid I'm pretty sure it was my dad that used to say this was like when my little sister was born and she would cry and he was just like well that's what babies do they cry. So don't get mad. Like, there's no point in getting frustrated or getting angry. Like, don't. Now, does that mean you don't parent your kid or you don't, like, change the diaper to stop the crying or whatever? No, no, no. But you will be infinitely more patient with a baby if you realize, well, babies cry. That's what they do. Um, And it's the same thing. It's like you will, as we do resist this groupthink, understanding why people act the way they do in large groups can sort of lead to that where it's just like, you don't just let people do whatever they want or you don't just not have an opinion or just sit back and passively let the world roll roll over what's good. But at the same time, you have to sort of open-handedly also realize, like, but this is kind of what people do. Sure. Like, you know, I can't. Yeah, yeah. Um, so one last thing. We can cut this if you want because we are going a little long, but I feel strong emotions about saying this. Um, about this situation specifically, and I think in general um, these uh, these sort of, like, me to sexual allegation conversations, when the response from the, the accused um, or, or, or the, the perpetrator is, and this happens in, in Christian culture more than anywhere, I'm a sex addict, sex addiction is real, very real. If that's your opener, stop. Because you thats if you kill someone in a car accident because you've been driving drunk and you're approached about it and your opener is, well, I'm an alcoholic. That's the reason why you got drunk and killed that person. But that's not your opener for an apology <laughs> because that is automatically an assumption of here's why I'm innocent or here's why you should go easy on me. Wait, like, <laughs> wait, don't... Le- My opinion, you can push back. My opinion is like, we lead with that a lot i'm addicted to porn i'm addicted to this i think all those things are real like no one is more of a mental health advocate and a believer of people than i am but also when it's in the context of you're being accused of hurting another person do not lead with this <laughs> do not lead with i am a sex addict because you are automatically trying to take some of the victim space from the act from the victim of your actions and and repossess some of the victimhood to yourself. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I think it does. I, I would, I would just say, I think it matters what they say after it. So, okay. um, for my only because some folks that I've talked to, whether that's in a um, counseling session that whether there is sex addiction or there's been uh, like drug addiction, and um, even folks I've you know that have gone through AA, and you know they will reference themselves in a certain way. And sometimes I I think it matters what they say after it. So for instance, if he had come out and been like, here's the reality, I'm a sex addict. This does not justify this Mm. does not justify that does not just, you know, and kind of to me, that's what the, um, because what that would reveal in that point is an awareness of who you are as a person and maybe being addicted, but also having the awareness to know how much pain and hurt you've caused other people And to me, that does give a larger picture that is sometimes important, Mm -hmm. you know, that when people are if they are genuinely addicted to something, sometimes like you got to leave some grace there for people, Um, not not justifying how they've hurt anybody, but just. In understanding that sometimes like that addiction can be overwhelming for folks. And, and so I just think it's important what they say after. Yeah. If that's they were good. To that.
0: That's good. Good addition to that. Um, all right, cool. Well, thanks everyone for joining us. Um, we are headed to Israel. I think, uh, by the time you hear our next episode, we'll be there. Um, so there may be a little bit of a break here in podcasting land, but we will be
1: super holy when we get back. But
0: when we get back, <laughs> Watch out. it's going to be a whole new podcast That's
1: called Holy Curious. That's right.
0: <laughs> Stay holy. Um, But thank you all for joining us. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or suggestions for future topics, please email them to stay curious at hillcityrva.com. Rate us and review us when you get a second and share the podcast so that other people can get in on the conversation and learn to stay curious. Um, Until next time, we will see you then.